the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 4. Again, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. All of you gathered here this morning, uh, members of St. Lawrence and, and guests as well, as well as those who may be joining us through our cable broadcast. I don't know how many of you like um, puzzles, uh, visual puzzles in this case, almost like an optical illusion. I'm going to share one with you. If you've seen it before and you know what you're supposed to see, I'm just going to ask that you humor me and not shout it out or say anything. But, um, but for if you've never seen this before, I'm going to ask you, when you look at this, you should be able to um, see something that, that might not otherwise be obvious. So here we go. Um, you there in the back, can you see it okay? All right, I'm going to set it on the pulpit and we'll have our camera people zoom in on it. All right, now I'm not going to tell you what language it's written in. Okay, so um, take a look at that. I don't know, are you able to see it very clearly or not? Uh, maybe, maybe not. All right, I'm going to give you, I know it's hard to see even at that level, so I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you a two-dimensional picture of it. At least I think I am. Is it there? Okay. I don't know, can you see it yet or not? Maybe? Yeah? Some of you are saying yes. If you can't see it, don't feel bad. The other show-offs, you know, they like to uh, lord it over you because they can see it. Maybe you can't. And one more image that might help a little bit put some lines in. Yeah. It says Jesus, doesn't it? Now, if you didn't see it at all, that's okay. But... This is a little puzzle that if you've not seen it before, you look at it and your eyes are often drawn to the raised element on the three-dimensional piece, namely the dark, the dark pieces of wood. And, and I shared this with a number of people this week who had never seen this before and they could not for the life of them figure it out. They said, I don't know, is it two crosses? Is it, is it faith upside down? What is it? Is it backwards? And... But it was after I pointed out to them to look at the, the wood underneath. And there then they were able to see the name Jesus. Kind of a neat little thing. I've got one other one for you that, that is similar, but this one is designed that you stare at it for like 30 seconds and then you look to a blank wall. Well, we're not going to uh, do that per se, but just take a look. I don't know if it's obvious when you see that what that is. But then when I do that, does that make it a little easier? Can you see what that's supposed to be? Of course, a picture of Jesus. Jesus being recognized. And that reminds me of what we heard in our story last week after the resurrection, of course, that incredible account of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They walked with this, quote, stranger. He talked with them, opened up the scriptures. Their hearts were burning. And then it was at dinner time when he broke the bread. And the scriptures tell us their eyes were opened. 
and they could recognize Jesus. What a moment that must have been. I think even far more incredible than being able to finally see what a little puzzle like this is supposed to show us. To realize there's Jesus. We hadn't seen him before. We were looking right at him. But now we see him. That's really, I believe, what our role as Christians, our lives as Christians are about, is recognizing Jesus. And we can see what happened in the disciples' lives. First of all, that Jesus was recognized by them, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus was recognized in the disciples. I'm using the sermon outline in case you're wondering, and and, uh, that's printed in your worship folder. That was what brings us to our reading from Acts today where Peter and John had performed a miracle healing a crippled man. Remember those famous words, silver and gold I don't have for you, but what I have I give you. And Peter said to him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And the man went walking and leaping and praising God in the temple. And Peter used that opportunity and John to proclaim then a message to all the people they had their attention. And in it they proclaimed the resurrection of the dead in Jesus Christ. And that did not sit well with the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the elders of the people. And they had John and Peter arrested and brought before them. And they questioned them. And it was after Peter responded to them. And he did so in such a way that they talked among themselves and they said, wow, we realize that these guys had been with Jesus. I love that phrase from Acts chapter 4 verse 13. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, Jesus was recognized in how they lived and spoke and acted in their lives. Now, you'll notice I have two blanks for for two words that I'd like to talk about. Things that cause the religious leaders to take note of these men. But boys and girls, one of the words that I'm not going to use here, I need to make you aware. If you had listened really, really close, you'll have noticed that one of the things that stood out about the uh, Peter and John was that it was known that they were unschooled. Now I know, maybe that sounds like a really good thing to be, boys and girls, to be unschooled, you know, like no more school for the rest of your life. No, not going to happen. It worked for them and it does work for some people, but we are so blessed with the blessing of education and learning. But the words that I am going to focus on are the words courage and ordinary. You see, it was when they saw their courage. Courage not just to perform a miracle, courage not just to proclaim a message in the temple courts and say, Jesus Christ is risen, but courage to stand up to the very authorities who had power over them to put them in jail. 
It was very clear to the leaders that these guys were not intimidated. They were not afraid of those who were in authority. When's the last time you've been courageous? I'm not talking about just dealing with maybe an illness or overcoming a, a, a sickness or working through something or handling this. It may be part of that, but I'm talking about specifically being courageous for the Lord. When is the last time that you have done something that took courage on your part because you knew that it would meet opposition or it would not be accepted well or it might put you in disfavor or you might not be part of that inner circle of friends who always have what's going on? When's the last time you've taken that courage to speak up for the Lord Jesus and to live and proclaim his resurrection in everything that you do. We need that courage, don't we? We need more of what Peter and John had. They must have been something special, don't you think? Well, no, actually. That's the other word that stands out in this account. The, re- the leaders looked at Peter and John and said, these are just ordinary guys. These are not people of high standing or great influence, power, fame, wealth. They're just regular Joes. But there's something different about them. That something different was the Holy Spirit. You see, this chapter of the story is now that record of of after the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost and how he turned the disciples' lives completely around and how he turned the world upside down through them. That's what gave them the courage. These ordinary guys to be able to stand up, to witness, so that others could see Jesus in them. And that really brings us to what this is really all about for us. Not just a history lesson of the book of Acts, but what it means for you and me today. First of all, that we would pray that Jesus might be recognized by us. That we too might have the ability to see in the events of everyday life, the situations and the people, that Jesus is really there. Like I mentioned, when you first look at something like this, if you've not seen it before, it can look like nothing but a bunch of figures, shapes, kind of a jumble, certainly not a word, not anything that would make sense. And isn't that how our lives often are? Certain events that take place, we look at them and we scratch our heads and we say, what are we supposed to do with this? This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't fit with anything. And yet, Jesus has made a promise. He's made the promise that says, I am there. Even in the midst of tragedies. Even in the midst of sorrows and hardships and troubles, Jesus says, I'm there. I am never leaving you. If you can't see me, maybe it's because things are hidden. 
You see, we are a sinful, fallen people, and we live in a sinful and fallen world, and as a result, we don't always process everything, just like our eyes don't always see what's in front of us, and so it is. We struggle. We are afraid at times. We are worried and anxious, concerned, puzzled, bewildered, wrestling with God and with the situation. But here again, that promise. I am there, even in your midst. You know what's kind of neat about this little puzzle? Once you've seen it, and once you've had it shown to you what you're supposed to see here, the more you look at it, the easier it is to see Jesus. In fact, when you look at it, I have a hard time not seeing Jesus. In fact, once you've seen it, and if you've seen it before, it's like immediately, I know what that is. It says Jesus. Can't you see it? It's right there. And isn't that how it is also? I think that's how God would want it to be in our lives. The more we look to Him, and the more by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can recognize Jesus in these circumstances and people around us, the easier it becomes, and the more able we're able to see clearly how God is at work in our lives. May we ever recognize Jesus. And once we do then that gives us the power so that Jesus might be recognized in us. And that happens simply by how we live and by how we love. I would like to reference two scripture passages, section of scripture. You don't need to look at them now. You can jot them down if you like. The first one is 1 Corinthians 13, sometimes called the love chapter. If you go to a wedding in the near future, chances are pretty good. There might be a section of 1 Corinthians 13 read, very appropriately so. But the next time you read it or hear it, when it goes on that list about love is patient, love is kind, It is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs and so forth. I want you to think of at least one way in which God is working his love in your life so that by your love to others, Jesus might be seen in you. Because that's how he works. See how they love one another was a testimony of the early Christians. The other section of scripture is from Galatians chapter 5, especially verses 22 and 23, which is simply a list of what are called the fruit of the Spirit. You see, you and I have received the Holy Spirit, and as a result, we have the fruit that He has established, created, and sustains within us. You might remember the list, love, joy, peace, and so forth. Well, the next time you read that or hear that list, I would invite you to think of at least one of those. Although God gives them all to us, there might be some that we are, quote, stronger at and others that we have to work harder at. 
But I would invite you to consider how it is that through that fruit of the Spirit, that again, by living that out, someone else might be able to recognize Jesus in you. The truth be told, that doesn't always happen. And I speak certainly from experience. I'm reminded as thinking about this of how many times somebody may have come up to me and maybe I'm not in a good mood or, or maybe I've got other things on my mind and instead of responding in a, in a nice way, perhaps I come across as being curt or short or irritated or annoyed or, or come across as if I've got all the answers, don't bother me with this, as if there's something more important. And the list goes on of the ways that I or any one of us might react. Our arrogance, our pride. And when people look at us, that might be the last thing they're able to recognize is Jesus. But that's why we come over and over again to our Lord. To be able to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he is. He forgives. He shows his grace. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. And he makes it possible that even in our sinful lives, there are those who can look at us and recognize Jesus. And may it ever be said of us as it was of Peter John, that people watching us would be able to say and take note that you have been with him. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.